Good morning and welcome to Just a Thought with LC. Every time I record an episode, I go into it with skates on my feet, an idea in my head, and you guys on my heart. I talk about life stuff and I hope that with each episode, I'm able to make someone's life just a little bit easier. This episode is just a little different from what the episodes will usually be. Um, It's actually audio that's from about a year ago, and I was talking about the eating disorder that I have, which is called ARFID. Um, It's extreme picky eating, but I'll get into that in the episode. Um, And so some of the stuff talks about how something just happened a few days ago or whatever. So just keep in mind that when it says that it was actually recorded a year ago and so all this stuff was back then. It was like June, July of 2020. Um, So keep that in mind and I hope you guys learned something and if this sounds like something that you struggle with then I hope it helps you feel hopeful and know that you're not alone and that there are ways to treat this eating disorder and start to expand your diet. It definitely takes a long time and a lot of work, but I'm definitely moving in the right direction and I hope that you guys are able to as well. So I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, Um, I'm just about to be two weeks into my treatment now. Today is Saturday, and on Monday it'll be two weeks, and it's been going pretty well. Um, I've been feeling a little bit less anxious than I was before, like the first week I was exhausted every single day, which I still kind of am, but it doesn't feel like I'm in as much of a brain fog when I get home. Um, I haven't been feeling as anxious overall and not getting as nervous before meals like I'll still feel a little bit nervous just because I don't know what to expect or I know that I'm gonna be um, trying a challenge food that is not my favorite to try or that's pretty challenging Um, I have my um, dietitian gave me a calendar and she wrote out for like we planned out the meals for like the next week and she wrote for each day what the challenge food was going to be for the different meals so that I know what to expect because that makes it a little bit easier for me and a little bit less stressful. Um, so it's nice going into it knowing, okay, today we're going to try sandwich or today is going to be steamed carrots or whatever. But I don't know what the rest of the meal is going to be. Like even though I went with, went um to her and we planned it out together like I don't remember all this stuff because <laughs> we were focusing on so many other things and it might be like five days in between when we talked about it and when I actually eat it so I don't remember 
everything. So I go into it like knowing what the challenge food will be, but not knowing what the rest will be. And sometimes like the challenge food is the main part of the meal. And so if my goal, like that happened today at lunch, um, my food was a plain turkey sandwich, which sandwiches are really hard for me. Um, so that was my challenge food and it was pretty much the whole meal. And my goal was one bite. So <laughs> not a lot of it, but if you don't finish your food, they give you a supplement. It's like Ensure, um, like a nutritional shake kind of, um, and like if you have 25% of your meal left, they'll give you like that much. And then like 50% they'll give you a little bit more. And then if you have almost all of your meal left, you get like a whole glass of it. Um, so we're not like starving. Um, but today I had the, the turkey sandwich, which I'm not a huge fan of turkey anyway, just taste wise. Um, but I have a really hard time with sandwiches. Like this is technically the fourth time that I've tried doing a sandwich in the last week or so. And one of those times was technically a wrap and that one actually was a little bit easier for me. I, when I first saw it, it threw me off and I thought it was going to be a lot harder because I was like, I've never had pita bread before and I don't think I'm going to like it, but it actually made it easier because the first two times I'd had, um, sandwiches as challenge foods, I took a bite but I wasn't able to swallow it because like the first time I chewed it once and I felt like I was going to throw up so I spit it out. The second time I was able to chew a couple times and then I still felt like I was going to throw up so I spit it out. The third time was the wrap and I was worried about it when I first saw that it was a wrap because I was thinking it was going to be like a regular sandwich again. And so that threw me off but I tried it anyway. Like I tried a piece of the chicken and then I tried a piece of the pita bread and then I tried them together and it actually was easier than I expected. I wouldn't say that I enjoyed it, but since the chicken was kind of dry and the pita bread was kind of dry and it wasn't like regular bread where it's thicker and fluffy, it sounds weird, but like the texture of the chicken and the pita bread wasn't as different as when I tried the other sandwich where it was like thicker juicy chicken and like thick fluffy bread so even though it sounds weird that I wouldn't say their textures were similar but they were less different I guess and so that definitely made it a lot easier and even though I still didn't enjoy it I was able to take take a bite and actually swallow it and I felt a little bit nauseous, but I didn't feel like, oh crap, I'm about to throw up like I did the first two times. Um, today was a regular turkey sandwich with regular bread. And so I was a little bit worried about that because last time I had tried it, as I was chewing it, like <laughs> the bread felt like it was like disintegrating. And I was like, why do people like this? But today I really didn't want to have to spit it out. I wanted to be able to push through and swallow it. And so I did. It was really hard. 
but I didn't feel like I was about to throw up. Well, okay, there was a second where I kind of gagged a little bit and it felt like I was gonna throw up, but um, ignore Alexa. <laughs> um, so yeah, for like a second, I felt like I was gonna throw up, but other than that, I was okay. I still didn't like it, but it wasn't quite as bad as the first time. I just chewed it kind of slowly and then swallowed it um, and then I was done and then I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. And so I just ate some of the turkey by itself, um, but this definite progress over before where even chewing one time made me feel like I was about to throw up on the table. So that's awesome. And I'm not feeling as anxious beforehand because um, I'm getting used to it. And so I think that helps with the nausea because being anxious makes me feel really nauseous. And since I wasn't as anxious, the nausea wasn't as intense. Um, what was I about to say? Um, oh, yeah. The first... Time, first three times that I tried eating a sandwich or a wrap, I um, cut a piece of the turkey or chicken and then cut a piece of the bread and then put them on the fork and tried it. I don't know why it seemed less intimidating that way, um, but today I told myself I want to be able to just um, pick up the sandwich and take a bite of it like a normal person. And I did, and it wasn't as bad as I expected still think it'll be a long time before I can say that I like it and before I'm able to eat more than one bite, but definitely moving in the right direction. So that's good. Um, another thing I want to tell you guys about is that like each morning when we come in, we do check-in um, and we just write about like, there's a little question sheet and it asks about like what we did the night before and how we were feeling and what we had as our evening snack and if we had any issues with like um, behaviors or urges. Like it's, I feel like it doesn't apply as much for ARFID as it does for like anorexia and bulimia. The behaviors would be purging or binging or restricting, like not eating. Um, so my answers for those are always no, that I didn't have or just to do any of those things. Um, but it asks about what emotions we were feeling last night and that morning and, um, if we had any issues with like evening snack or anything like that. And, um, we also, after each meal, um, do what's called meal process and so in the morning, we don't do the check-in until after breakfast. So then we do the check-in and meal process at the same time. But the meal process is another little questionnaire and asks about how you were feeling before the meal and during and um, what your goal was for the meal and what successes you had and what struggles you had. And then the therapist... Um, we'll go through everybody's, like, we'll take turns and she'll ask about what successes and struggles we had during the meal and how we're feeling now, like, at the time that we're talking about it. 
and then if we had a hard time then we'll talk through that about why it was a struggle and what we tried to like what we tried as a coping skill to help get through that or if we didn't use one or if we didn't it didn't work then what we could do next time that we have the same issue so that it would go better um because they want us to try to like think ahead they call it cope ahead for hard situations so you think about what coping skill you'll use um beforehand like when you're not in a stressful situation so then it's easier than when you're in the middle of the situation trying to figure out what to do and so some of the coping skills that we have or that they've told us about are like the simplest one that i just end up doing is called opposite action and it's literally just like i don't want to eat this food but my goal is to eat this food so i'm just gonna do it anyway <laughs> um some of them are like grounding things like um some of the people will do things like looking around the room and finding an object of each color of the rainbow because that gets them, sorry, that gets them to stop thinking about the thing that they're feeling anxious about and it distracts them and helps them feel more grounded. And so then the anxiety goes down a little bit or people will do, it's called five, four, three, two, one. And I never remember the order of the things, and I don't know that it really matters, but it's basically like, think of five things you can see in the room, and four things you can hear, and three things you can touch, and whatever. So you go through all the senses, and that helps you be more mindful, I guess, um, and it helps get your mind off of whatever is causing the anxiety. Um... I don't tend to think of these things like in the moment, which is why they want you to cope ahead. Um, Cause in the moment I just think about what's happening and how I'm feeling about it. And I get so absorbed in that, that I don't think of using any kind of coping skills generally. I just think about it. Well, I guess I have kind of started using one of the other ones that they told us about called fact checking, where you just think about what is true about the situation that's not like involving your emotions like your emotions might be saying oh this situation is so terrible all this bad stuff could happen or whatever but then you could think okay well i'm not gonna die from this if you even if you feel like you might throw up you might think okay well i've never actually thrown up from doing this so it's probably not gonna happen and you can like think about that or you can think about like facts about the food specifically because then I think that kind of makes it more like if you're just like thinking of the logistics instead of how you feel about them or like putting judgments on them that can help and so sometimes I'll think about how well I've tried this food a couple times in the past and yes it was very unpleasant at the time but it was only for like a few seconds and then afterwards I was fine or each time I've tried this it's gotten easier so this time it should be even easier than the last time stuff like that I do kind of do that sometimes um, but usually I just think about it I'm like well 
I really want to meet my goal, so might as well get over it. <laughs> or like, not get over it, but like get over, get, get it over with, is what I meant. Um, and so then I just make myself do it anyway. <laughs> and then I'm happy that I met my goal. Um, so those are different things that you can try if you're having a hard time. Um, what else was I going to say? I don't know, but like we do the meal process after each of the meals. And so you can talk about what things were, were hard and what things you succeeded at. And so most of the time my successes are that I met my goal for that meal, which a lot of the time it's like three bites of the challenge food or for harder ones like sandwiches, it's one bite. And today I was really happy because like each time I've tried the sandwich, my goal has been one bite, but this was the first time I was actually able to swallow it. And so that felt like an extra step of success because the other times I was able to force myself to try it, even though I knew it was terrible and I hated it. But this time I was able to try it even though it felt terrible I didn't really hate it, like it was unpleasant and I didn't enjoy it, but I wouldn't say that I hated it this time, um, and I swallowed it, so that was very exciting. I'm glad I was, like, making clear progress. I think it'll still take a long time before I'm able to eat even half a sandwich, since so far I haven't made it past one bite, but I'm definitely moving in the right direction. Um... What else? Um, we do family therapy once a week and you can do it with your spouse or parents or whoever you want to be involved in your um, treatment. Um, I had my husband and in-laws do the last two times um, just because for my husband, because I live with him, and so it'd be nice to have him know what's going on and how he can help me with like trying new foods at home. And with my in-laws, I mostly wanted them to do it because I wanted them to have a better understanding of what it's like for me, um, dealing with the texture issues and difficulty eating stuff, and also to give them ideas of how to support me as I'm trying to expand my diet and so that's been pretty helpful so far um and so you do that once a week with your primary therapist um so sometimes they you won't even be there I haven't had that happen yet but some of the other girls in my group have where the therapy session is just with the therapist and whoever is in their family who's doing it and so they're not even there to know what they're talking about. But the two times that I've had it so far, I've been there for the whole time. Um, and then also once a week, I have we have a meeting with the therapist just by ourselves. And one of the things that I was talking to her about this past week was that I also have OCD, which is obsessive compulsive disorder. And so I feel like I have to do things a certain way. Otherwise something bad will happen to somebody that I care about, which logistically or like logically I know doesn't make any sense and is impossible. 
but that doesn't make it any easier to make myself not do things like I'll check the locks every night before I go to bed even though I know they're locked because I specifically locked them myself 10 minutes ago or I'll count things that I do or walk on certain spots on the floor and count those or turn the lights on and off a certain number of times. There are a lot of things. I've been having to make a list for my therapist so she knows what kind of things I do and it's a pretty long list. Um, but we had talked before I started my treatment about how they wanted to work on that with me too because it can be related to ARFID. Um, and if the OCD is really bad, then it can make it harder to get as high of a level of success with working on the ARFID stuff. So they said they wanted to work on both so that for one, I would get the OCD under control and then two, it should help um, with the ARFID as well. But when we, when I first met with the therapist, she said that she didn't want to start both at the same time. She didn't want it to be overwhelming, which when she said that, I was kind of disappointed because I was like, well, I don't really feel that anxious about food. I just don't eat foods that I don't like, but I don't feel anxious about it. And so I was like, I don't see why it's a big deal. But a week later, <laughs> I told her, I'm so glad you said that because apparently I do have a lot of anxiety around food that I did not realize and that week had been so stressful and exhausting and there was no way I could have made it through working on both at once. So I'm glad that she knew that <laughs> better than I did because... Like, I was worried about working on the OCD stuff because I knew that would be really stressful. But I didn't think food would be. So I was like, well, I don't see why we can't do both at the same time. But that would have been completely overwhelming. So I'm glad that I listened to her and that we didn't start that stuff yet. We started a little bit. Like, I started talking to her about it and she asked me to write a list of all of the compulsions or rituals that I do um which I've written a pretty long list but I feel like there are things that I missed and I've been trying to write them down like as I do them because whenever people ask what I do I'm like um I don't know I count things and turn the lights on and off but then I like feel like I can't think of anything else even though I literally do them all day long um so I don't know I don't know if I'll know when I've gotten all the things, but, but the list so far is pretty long. Um, but she had me write that down so she would have an idea of what kinds of things we need to work on. But also we were talking about the anxiety part of it slash obsession part or like obsessive thoughts part of it, um, which it is fueled by my fear of losing loved ones. Like it used to be pets and like family, um, but lately I don't feel quite as attached to any pets. Like, I had a cat before. Sorry, my son is holding a potato for some reason. I don't know, but um, I had a cat before who had had really like half my life and I was really attached to him, so I had a really big fear of losing him. But the cat that I have now, we've had for like a couple years, but I'm not super attached to him. And obviously I don't want anything bad to happen to him, but I don't have this like overwhelming fear that something will happen to him. So right now it's just people, um, like my kids or my husband or my parents 
or my husband's parents or my siblings. Um, and so that's the, that's what fuels the OCD is worrying about something happening to one of them. And even though I know that counting the lines on the floor isn't going to do anything to keep them from dying, it makes me feel better to do it because if I try not to do it, then I think, well, what if something does happen to them? And then I'll be like, see, you should have done it and they would have been fine. And then that would just like really reinforce that in my brain, even though logically I know that makes no sense and it's just ridiculous. But that's how OCD works, that it doesn't care about logic. And so you can't like think your way out of it because like my therapist was saying, there's no way to really concretely prove to yourself that doing this thing doesn't make a difference because you can't prove something that hasn't happened. And so if nothing bad has happened to them, you can't prove that what you're doing isn't the reason that they're still okay, I guess, if that makes sense. So like, basically your brain is like, well, they're okay and you've been doing all these things, so it's probably related and there's no way that you can prove that that's not what kept them safe. So, um, so yep, that's what I deal with, but we were talking about that and how I feel like if I did lose somebody that I wouldn't be able to handle it, that it would feel so overwhelming and consuming that I would feel like I couldn't function and I wouldn't know what to do. Um, and so we were talking about when my cat that I mentioned earlier, who I had for half my life when he died, because like that was, he was one of the ones that I had this huge fear of losing. And when he did die, it was pretty sudden. Like the day that we found out something was even going on with him was the day that he died. So I didn't, it wasn't like he had cancer for like months and I got time to somewhat get used to the idea. It just came out of nowhere. And I didn't let myself, like I cried about it for a couple days, but I didn't really let myself deal with it or like process how I felt about it because it just felt so terrible. And I hate feeling terrible and I hate crying about things and I hate being sad. And so I just didn't let myself think about it. And um, he died two years ago. And so on his first and second anniversary of dying, I didn't let myself think about him for more than like a minute or two because I didn't want to just implode for the day. And especially since um, the first anniversary was when my son was less than two weeks old. So I couldn't really just be useless for the day because I had kids to take care of. And so I just didn't let myself think about him very much, which at the time felt better because then I didn't feel devastated. But thinking back on it, it's really sad that that's how I felt like I had to deal with it because he was so important to me. He was such a big part of my life and it feels wrong to not think about him anymore and not acknowledge him. Um, 
And so I talked to her about that and she had me do a journal assignment where I wrote about his life and she told me to try to focus on a lot of the happy memories with him um, because in grief we tend to think about the sadness of not having that person or that pet anymore and it's hard to focus on the good parts of their lives and but when you focus on those there's not as much room for the sad thoughts so she told me to focus on the good parts of his life and I just started at the beginning when we first got him and I wrote about his entire life <laughs> and it was easier than I thought it would be because I was really nervous about doing it but it was easier than I thought until I got to the part where he got sick suddenly and then that was getting into the part where he died. And so that part I cried a lot about. <laughs> but I I didn't really feel better after. <laughs> I felt pretty miserable and I was exhausted and I had a headache from crying so much that day. But um, since then I've been trying to think more about him and think about good memories that I have with him and I told my daughter about him because she was alive when, like, he died right after she turned one. So she was alive when we had him, but she was a baby, so she doesn't remember him, I'm sure. And so I told her about him a little bit, and I showed her a picture, and I've been thinking about him more and trying to not think about when he died, but think about how he used to snuggle with me all the time. Like he would sleep with me almost every night. And when I pick him up, he would reach his arms out and hug me around the neck and stuff like that. And so it definitely feels like it's gotten easier to think about him. And I don't cry when it happens or um, just like shut the thoughts down and say, no, we can't think about this. Which is nice. I still really miss him, obviously. But it doesn't feel quite as painful to think about him. Because I'm not focusing as much on the negative part. Which is that he's not here anymore. I've been focusing more on why I loved him. And why he was important to me. And that definitely has been helping. Um, which my therapist will be very happy to hear, but I'm not looking forward to when we start talking about my fears about losing people because, yeah, like anytime the thought even comes up, I either cry like if I'm telling someone about um the thought of like someone dying then I always cry about it or if I'm just thinking about it by myself then like right away I feel like I have to pray that God will protect them because I feel like if I don't then something will happen to them and that sounds terrifying and so I'm not really looking forward to when we work on lessening that fear because I'm pretty sure it's going to involve working on um, lessening the behaviors, like the compuls compulsions, and that's going to be really stressful, like super stressful. But I want to get to a point where I don't feel like I have to do these things all the time because I'm sure they take up a ton of my day. 
like whenever the therapist asks me how much of the day I think I spend doing these compulsions, I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know how to quantify it because it's just all the time. Um, at least an hour, probably longer, I guess. I don't know. Each time it only takes like maybe 30 seconds. A lot of them are shorter than that, but I don't know how, like it would add up to a lot. Um, and so if I didn't have to do all those things all day, then I'd have all this free time <laughs> and I'd have all this like extra brain space, I feel like, because I wouldn't be thinking about doing all these things or thinking about being afraid of someone getting hurt or someone dying and I would have more I, like I'd have a higher ability to do things that I enjoy and not feel worried about them so that'd be nice um I don't know yet what the next thing is that we're gonna work on with that um, right now my only assignment is like writing the, the list of all the compulsions that I do. Um, and I don't know when I'm supposed to meet with her next. I think this past week I met with her on Wednesday. So I would guess that this coming week I also meet with her on Wednesday. But we shall see. But it's going pretty well so far. I've been feeling better. And getting more used to being there all day. I'm still exhausted all the time, mentally and physically. Um, and it'll be nice to not have to be there all day. But I do think that it helps. Like, it, even though no one's sitting there making me eat the food that I never would have tried otherwise, something about being there, like helps me be able to push myself to try these things when otherwise I wasn't ever able to make myself do it. And so I've tried several things in the last week and a half, almost two weeks, um, that I never had in my entire life. So that's pretty awesome. I definitely would say that I'm not anywhere close to liking them yet, but I am getting less anxious about trying them. So that is definitely progress. Um, and I will check in with you guys again. I don't know when. In a couple days. It's hard sometimes to sit down and, and record a video about it. Because every night when I get home I'm just so tired. And sometimes I just don't want to do anything else that's like therapy related. Because I'm just burnt out from the day. And so... That's why it took me from like three days in a treatment till almost two weeks of treatment to do another video. So I don't know when the next one will be, but I'll check in and let you guys know what kind of progress I'm making and how it's going. So I'll see you guys next time.